0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 155 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and of course I am joined by the one and only Dave Hogue. What's up, man?
1: Hey. Well, it's good to be uh, recording again. took a couple weeks off. I think we
2: just took one off.
1: Right? We recorded two weeks ago. No, we didn't. What? (laughs) Was it three weeks ago? Yeah.
2: I'm a bad podcast host, Dave. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, we've definitely Slowed as the years have gone by. That's all right, though.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, things have been going on, Dave. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Things have been going on, but we're back, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, you know, you know what? Uh,
0: starts not this coming weekend, but the following weekend, Dave. March 15. Yes. Yes, Formula One starts March 15th as the first race in Melbourne, and I am very excited. I've missed it. Well, the uh, season yes. did go by rather quickly.
1: I did uh, kind of put the bug in Melissa's ear. I was like, you know, we need to like go to Formula One races all over the world. Yes, please. And, 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 and her initial response was kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then like I realized she Googled it, and she's like, oh my gosh, these are literally all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yes, exactly." Yeah, you guys gonna go? And Abu- we could start with Austin, and then you know, go from yeah, there. Then so then just
0: jump straight to Abu Dhabi.
1: Yes. So uh, she was actually—I'm not gonna say it's gonna happen, but she entertained the idea more than I thought she would. So
0: I still think we should go to the race in Austin this fall.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. So, Gosh. so who do you root for? Do you root, do you have an a driver or a team that you root for, or?
0: Well, I mean, I like Lewis Hamilton obviously cuz he's I do too. The best there's ever been. Yeah. You know, there's going to be And lots. he's a cool guy. Right. Uh and he doesn't in recent years like his ego has really kind of disappeared.
1: Well, some of that's just growing up. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, he's not he's not a 24-year-old hotshot anymore. He's he's not Max Verstappen, right? uh who i also like for the exact opposite I, for the exact opposite reasons right? That's
1: hilarious cuz i that's exactly what i would say Yeah That's exactly
2: um, who i like I liked Daniel Ricardo when he was with the Red Bull I thought he was kind of a uh, what's the word He comes across as super entitled now that he's at Renault
0: and that bothers And he has me. done nothing since he's been there Well it's only he? one it's only one season and it was one season, season. It was a step back from Red Bull as far as their, uh... Learning and... Yeah, but he just, he came across as so entitled. Like, his last season at Red Bull and his first season at
2: Renault. But, you know, he's a likable guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I I do not like, I do not like, uh, Sebastian Vettel. I think he's a (laughs) crybaby. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Max and I like, um...
0: Lewis, I actually really like Valtteri Bottas as well because there's no ego there. He's just straight up, I'm just going to drive and do what I'm told. And uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of drivers I like. I like more drivers than I don't. Um,
1: see, and I'm the same way. I enjoy the sport. I enjoy yeah. just the...
0: like. I was a big fan of Lando Norris last year, his rookie season with McLaren. I thought he did really well. He seems like a super likable kid. He's like 22. I'm just, so I'm excited to see a lot of the younger guys in their second seasons, like him, Charles Leclerc. It's his third season, but his second with Ferrari.
1: Um, and then and I can't remember his name, but there's only one rookie this year. What there's team? Only one. I can't remember. I just, I, well, I just looked at it and, because Alex
0: Albon is on Renault now, but he, he wasn't, right. uh, wait, or no, not, Alex, no, 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 uh, no. Sorry. Blue, Alex, Red Bull. Yeah. He's with Red Bull. I'm thinking of who's the other, the French guy. He was on racing point two years ago and he sat out last year as the backup driver for Mercedes.
1: It, it starts with an O, doesn't it?
3: He's
0: another French kid. I do not like him, whatever his name is. I can't remember it now.
1: Uh, isn't it uh, no? Why am I thinking like a.
2: I do like Alex Albon. He's a nice guy, too. Yeah. Driver. What is that? He got
0: in a <laughs> bunch of crashes when he was with Racing Point or Force India, whatever they were called two years ago. Whatever. He's he's. It he's, was he's,
1: Force India two years ago. Last year it was. Yeah.
0: He's opposite Ricardo at Renault now. Mm hmm. But he's either on Williams,
1: Ocon, Esteban Ocon, Esteban
0: Ocon. That's right. Yeah, I don't like him. I think the rookies either got to be on Williams replacing
2: Robert Kubica, or uh, um, uh, Toro Rosso. That still might be Danny Kvyat and um, Pierre
0: Gasly. So it must be whoever replaced Kubica.
1: Nicholas Latifi chooses he's not, Williams. He, he's not a rookie. No, that's. Though.
0: Nicholas Latifi's been
2: around. He just wasn't, right. in a, he wasn't in a car last year. I'm pretty sure. Maybe
1: he's the one they're considering a rookie.
2: Maybe.
0: I've heard that name thrown around a bunch. Maybe it's just...
1: No, you're right. You're right. Anyway, I, I did just read like that it's, it's one of the most intact from like a, yeah. one season to the next that you've seen yeah, in Hulkenberg a long time. Is, in terms Hulkenberg
0: of- is out of a seat, though, which is a bummer. I liked him, too, but Ocon replaced him at Renault. Look at us talking Formula One on a Bible podcast for five
1: minutes. <laughs> and, and we just lost 99% yeah. of her. <laughs> it's all, right. all <laughs> right. People
0: need to appreciate Formula One for what it is.
1: Yes, it it's is.
0: A gargantuan money hound of a sport that most Americans don't know about. Or care no, it's, well, it's, all
1: about, it's all about people that have more money than they know what to do with having a place it's, to spend it. It's obscene
0: how much money is spent on that sport, mm-hmm.
1: but I love it so much.
0: So yeah, I, I would, I would love to see as much as I love Lewis Hamilton, somebody else win it this year.
1: Oh yeah. That's, I'd be fine with that too. I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Red Bull there. I'm a Honda guy too. Just day in, day out. I like Honda. So don't they have Honda motors in their cars now or last year they went to Honda from a
0: uh yeah, and uh, I think it'll be interesting too because there's a whole bunch of talk at the end of last season that um, what's his face from that wasn't at McLaren last year, uh, the Spanish driver um, who did like the Indy 500 and he used to be Ferrari world champ. Yeah, I can see his face. This is what <laughs> happens when it's not on TV for four months. <laughs> My memory gets taken up with soccer.
3: I haven't quite uh, made
0: Fernando Alonso Alonso, at the the end of this season, there's a lot of rule changes that are going into effect. And so there's been talk that Fernando Alonso might get a seat again next year, Gotcha. which would be really interesting. Anyways, enough formula one. We can, we can recap the Melbourne race in in an episode.
1: (laughs) So I will say this to bring it back to the average listener. Netflix does have a series.
0: Yes. It's so good.
1: And it just just released. They
0: just released season two.
1: Yeah, which is the 2019 season.
0: Mm-hmm. What's it? Something so. to drive.
1: Survive to drive. Drive, drive to, drive survive. to survive. Survive, survive. It is. survive. Yeah. So anyway, if you're not into Formula One and you are curious at all about what it's like, you can, Netflix comes through once again for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I watched. The, I haven't watched the second season yet. I watched the first season. Yeah. Um, when it came out, and it was incredible. It you get really, really good
1: it interesting storylines. Yeah. you Cause get, like force India is that mm-hmm. force India, right? That storyline is kind of interesting from the first season. I thought.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you just get, you get access to the drivers and to the garage and people explaining. And you just thought, like the way that it w- the first season was done was really, really, really well done. And I just got the email a day or two ago that was like, Hey, season two is out. So <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to have to blow through that. Before I can account. <laughs> so.
1: Spoiler alert. Hamilton wins again. Shh, David. <laughs> All right. Enough formula in.
0: <laughs> if you ain't first or last, Dave.
1: <laughs> Shake and bake.
2: <laughs> oh gosh, that movie.
0: Dear eight pounds, six ounce, baby Jesus.
1: <laughs> that, so that was like a movie that I had no desire to see. And then there was, I don't know, five years ago, ten years ago, whatever it would have been. We, I was working patrol, and on Christmas Day, we'd stay at the station and we watch movies. And we actually draw numbers, and you everybody handles all the calls. You just go in the order of the number that you got. But we watched Talladega Nights at the station.
0: The Ballad of Ricky Bobby.
1: And it's just funny to watch it with other adult men that are as mature as I am because it makes it that much funnier to uh, watch. So, yeah. Anyway, I had no desire to watch it. Then I watched it with them, and it was like, this is hilarious. So, oh, it's
0: it's comedy gold, and it's incredibly quotable. Yes. Hey, Ricky Bobby, how'd your training go? Well, I got mauled by a cougar. I didn't learn a thing about driving, <laughs> and I ruined my favorite Crystal Gale t-shirt.
2: I am so paralyzed <laughs>
0: Anyways Oh man, I'm gonna have to watch that
2: too David, yeah, hey, you're giving <laughs> I don't have time to watch stuff anymore
1: Oh, uh, that's funny It's
0: so good Yeah, my new nickname's El Diablo It's like Mexican for like Angry chicken or something <laughs>
3: Just It's so stupid But it's so funny Yes uh, So <laughs>
1: Thanks We're for so listening to topic. the We're All s- Things yeah, Automotive all
2: right. yeah. talk. Uh, um,
1: we could do a little click and clack now if you wanted to.
0: A click and clack?
1: Uh, they, they're they the NPR guys that do the uh, people call in and ask car questions. and Isn't it click and clack? I don't know. Anyway.
2: I don't know, Dave.
0: NPR is not. Not really in my uh, rotation of stuff. I oh, no. My dad, on the other hand.
2: This American Life, uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, He's all about that life.
1: Yeah. Lake Wobegon. Yes, Lake Wobegon. Gar- Garrison Keeler.
2: Oh, man. Yeah, my dad loves that
1: stuff. <laughs> so, the Bible.
0: Yeah, what Book we're really here for.
2: Shock. <laughs> here's, here's the plot twist.
0: Uh, James chapter one, 22 through 25. Yeah. Well, uh, will you do the honors?
1: All right. So here we go. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was, what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing.
2: All right. Thank you.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So
2: this obviously leaves off from where we were last episode, right? Correct. About being
0: quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: So do those things, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness but also be doers of the word
0: and not hearers only. Mm-hmm. And this is the interesting part where it says deceiving yourselves. Very true, which is interesting.
2: And he, we're going to get to that concept again next episode in verse 26, this concept of deceiving yourself. So what what do you think that means when he says be like be a doer of the word
0: and not just a hearer? Because if, you, if you're just a hearer of the word or someone who just listens to it but doesn't act, you're deceiving yourself. What do you think that mm-hmm. means?
1: So the, the first um, kind of thought that comes to my mind is a person who goes to church. And basically that is their faith. That's their religion. I go to church on Sundays. I go, I hear the sermon. You know, I ask for forgiveness, I take communion, and that's like, they're good. You know, that's kind of what it is. And, you know, um, as you and I are are, are discussing this, you know, we have the written Word. We read the Bible. Uh, Folks who are listening to the podcast are listening. But back when James would have written this, uh, there wasn't a printed Bible uh, in every drawer in every hotel room uh there was the scrolls that the rabbi, the teacher would have had. And so by being a doer of the word and not just hears only deceiving yourselves, that's you would go to church to hear the word. You wouldn't necessarily have it in your home and you wouldn't necessarily be reading it regularly. And so
0: And it wouldn't even necessarily be read in your own language if you're part of the Catholic no. Church. It would be read in Latin.
1: Latin. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think, I think this is just simply that don't just do what you're supposed to do because that's what you do. That's, that's how I, I take this is if you're truly just somebody that, you know, you go to church on Sunday cause you're supposed to, and you think that gets you into heaven, that falls short. That is, that is not where you should be. So that's, yeah. So that's the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is, um, I I put this on like the fire insurance level of (laughs) I want to do just enough to make sure I don't go to hell. Yeah. But have, but there's really no intention of living it out. Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything implicit. So, um, you know, we, we frequently talk about as we grow in our faith. Um, I think the biggest thing I see when I read the Bible is there are certainly whether it's Paul or it's the gospels, there is definitely this sense of we are our lives need to reflect what the Bible says. We need to be doing what the Bible tells us to do. And I don't think there's an expectation of us doing that perfectly. Uh but it is definitely not cheap grace. It's not just, you know, I believe in Jesus and I'm good to go. Hmm. hmm. I think it's
2: yeah. Sorry, my
0: brain is slow today.
1: No, you're good. And I think, you know, it, it, like you said, we're, we're continuing on with what we just read. And so, you know, being slow to anger is what God is, is asking of us. Um, he's asking us to be quick to hear, slow to speak, um, to put away filthiness, to put away wickedness, um, and to receive meekness, the implanted word which is able to save our souls. So, um. I don't think this is telling us that we have to go out and proclaim the gospel to every person that we see. Uh, I I really don't even think there's there's any kind of implication of um, implication of uh we need to go out and uh, beat people over the head uh, with the gospel.
0: Turn or burn, Dave.
1: Yeah, uh, I think there's. I think this is just saying that it it's a holistic life in terms of. Uh, the fruits of the Spirit uh, in Galatians 5, um, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Um, the hardest one for me, self-control. I think there is an element of, of our lives reflecting who God created us to be, what he wants us to be, and going out and doing that. And not sort of to an element of what I alluded to earlier of checking off all the good things and making sure that we don't do all the bad things.
2: So where my, where my mind went with this was someone who just hears and doesn't take action.
0: Like there's a bit of laziness involved there, you know, like the modern equivalent might be just like, you know, the consumer mindset. I'm just going to listen, but not take action on it. And that goes in line with what you were saying. Right. And I think what's interesting about that idea here is the, this deceiving yourself part, like where you said, like just just showing up is good enough. you know? But if it's not like we're listening to, you know, a really good record, where like the entire point is just to listen, right? And to enjoy the experience of listening to an album from front, front, front to back, right? Mm-hmm. But
2: that the whole purpose of the Bible is to instill change in you
0: and in the, in the world around you, right? And and some of that change requires
2: it's is it it necessitates action. It 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 makes you do different things. Mm-hmm. And to to just listen to just consume is you know, along the lines of the idea of cheap grace is is to sell the Bible short, right? Is to not allow God's Word
0: to do what it is intended to do, which is to change people, mm-hmm. to, to root itself in someone and cause them to be different because they have been, as it says here, uh, received with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. So this isn't just a... Uh, a consumer mentality, it's it's a give and a take. It's a relationship. It's, we, we have to be affected and changed by the truth so mm-hmm. that when we are living our lives, we are living in different ways than we used to because the truth has taken root in us. And I just, I, again, I love James and his directness. Like You're deceiving yourself if you do this. Yep. You are lying to yourself. You are being a hypocrite. You are doing one thing and telling yourself one thing, and then the reality is this other thing. And I just appreciate the, um, the brevity and the bluntness that he so often... I mean, we're not even through the first chapter, and I've probably said that four or five times already about <laughs> how he writes. So I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, 23 says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets
2: what he was like. Which is, that it's a really weird analogy, right? Someone who hears the word but doesn't do it is like
0: someone who checks himself out in the mirror. Hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. But then walks away and forgets. And it's like, that's the definition of vanity to me, right? Is Is this idea of like, I'm going to... Focus so hard on surface level stuff and how I look and what my appearances are and what other people are gonna think about me. And then as soon as I walk away from the mirror, I've just spent so much time, it says, intently looking at my face. And as soon as I walk away from the mirror, I forget what I look like, mm-hmm. like the memory of a goldfish or something, right? Yep. <laughs> if if my if my level of intent is so deep that I stare at myself in a mirror, yet my ability to remember what I look like vanishes when I walk away. it's like I'm deceiving myself again there, right? I'm telling yep. myself all of this i'm try- I'm trying to remember i'm I'm so intent on the outward appearance, but as soon as I walk away from that, I don't remember what I look like it's it's like an Ecclesiastes like, you know, vanity
2: of vanities, like chasing the wind. you yes. can't you can't there's nothing there to grasp and it's I mean, a bit like, you know, Sisyphus, right? Just push it up the hill, push
0: it up the hill, push it up the hill, push it up the hill, push it up the hill. I want to start over and start over and never get anywhere. And uh, that just sounds tiring. Yeah. To be so focused on something that doesn't matter and that crumbles the second you walk away from it. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of sad because how many people, you know, and and this isn't me saying I'm better than other people. Like I'm lumped in here too. Like I've done this before recently, just focusing so much on
2: the crap that doesn't matter, but that I want to put first and then walking away and not knowing who I am. Yeah. I'm so focused on the other stuff that what is truly important goes away. And then when the vanity falls, I'm left with nothing because I left the important stuff behind me.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is I think this is a um, what is the purpose? The purpose of a mirror is to see what I look like. And so I am I'm essentially denying the purpose of the mirror by looking at it intently. And then I walk away and I don't remember what I look like. So the purpose of a mirror is to, for me to see my reflection, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, in essence, I am completely just ignoring what the purpose of a mirror is for. And I think that's what he's saying here when it comes to being a hearer of the word and not a doer. Is if I'm just a hearer of the word and not a doer of a word, then I'm just completely ignoring what the purpose of the word is. Mm, you know, yeah. there's kind of this mentality of... um and what comes to mind is is uh, socrates and uh, i don't know that this is actually correct but you know just kind of this idea of sitting on on the steps and listening to a great orator and they're speaking great words and it's kind of this um you know uh, just hearing words for the sake of hearing words and not really putting them into to place and so again just forgetting the purpose of the word. The word is to do what it says and not just to hear it. And again, I, I, I think about, I'm, I'm just kind of reminded of the local church and, and what we do on Sunday mornings And this, you <laughs> know, you ask people about church and, and it's very much that consumer mentality. Well, how is church today? And it's really all about how it made me feel, right?
0: Well, and even just think about the way churches are set up. We all sit in pews and we all look at someone talk to us. Right. So you were saying about sitting on the stairs listening in order, and I was like, "That sounds like church."
1: Yeah. You know, and it and it truly is like a there's an element of walking away of like, oh, he made a really good point, not oh, I feel moved to act based on what I heard today, Mm -hmm. you know, to really implement that in my life. So, and again, I I, we we've become such a consumer culture that that is just it's hard to unlearn. Uh, I think it's that's that is ingrained in who we are. Of just we partake and we evaluate on was it entertaining, was it not entertaining, versus really the significance of it, and causing us to change our behavior, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah.
2: Yay, church.
3: <laughs> Continuing on in
0: verse. 25, it says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, but a doer, who act, doer who acts, he'll be blessed in his doing. And well, I mean, that, that seems pretty straightforward to me. That last part. Mm-hmm. Although I do think it's interesting that he calls it the perfect law, the law of liberty and then follows it up with perseverance. Like liberty is freedom, Right. I've been yep. liberated and my, my chains and shackles have been gone. Like the burden has been removed mm-hmm. yet. Still I have to persevere, you know, and perseverance and, um, Liberty aren't necessarily synonyms or things that I would, you know, put in similar context. So I find it, uh, interesting that, that he puts that in there and I, and I, he's absolutely right. Like, you read it all throughout the Bible. Like just because you've been saved by Jesus doesn't mean life becomes easy. Mm. You know, there's plenty of mm-hmm. grace. There's plenty of love. There's plenty of forgiveness. There's plenty of hope. Life still happens. Yeah. Um, perseverance does not dissip does not become,
2: uh, unrequired simply because, you know, you've been saved. Yep. Prosperity preachers will, will tell you different, but, <laughs> they're, they're hocking a load of crap. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't jive with the Bible in any way, but Hey, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. And you know, lately I've just, I've really had this sense of, you know, you talk about life, our work and, and, and just what we do. And there's like, I've had this like just realization that, you know, you don't, you don't have to be standing on the corner preaching the gospel. Uh, and I don't, I don't want st- to, I I don't mean to sound like that that does not have its place or it does not have its per- purpose. Certainly there is a time and place for those kinds of things, but just even being somebody that, that speaks the truth in love is incredibly difficult. Uh, forgiving people that do you wrong over and over again is incredibly tiring you know, doing the right thing when it would be easier to just take shortcuts or, um, and I'm not even going to say do the wrong thing, but just do nothing. You know, you just kind of avoid the situation. Mm. I, personally, I'm just reminded over and over again that there are just basic truths about who God is and who we are as, as Christians in terms of, you know, integrity and honesty. And like I said, forgiveness and those kinds of things. It's like, when you look about what Jesus talks about us doing, um, it's so much bigger than just proclaiming the gospel. And I, again, I don't want to minimize that. I don't want to minimize proclaiming the gospel. But I think there is just this whole life integrity, this whole life, so that even when we do screw up, even when we do things wrong, people still can look at our lives and go, okay, I, I believe that that person is a Christian. You know, not because they have their act together, but because there's this consistency in... Um, you know, there's joy in their life when they the circumstances would say that there shouldn't be joy and it's mm-hmm. not something that you can just, um, muster on your own. You truly have to be relying on the Holy spirit to allow that to be in you. And I think for me, uh, the most exhausted I am at the end of a day are the days where I'm doing it in my own ability versus really allowing God to work through me. And so, um, I don't know if this is making sense or not, but for me, I just feel like there's every aspect of our life, every element of what we do throughout the day. And and as we interact with family and friends and coworkers and complete strangers, just about everything that we do can come back to who God is and how he wants us to live. And, uh, just the realization that I fall short so often and, even when I quote unquote do well, how often am I doing it in my own effort versus really kind of inviting God into my life and asking him to work through me and that sort of a thing. Mm. Anyway, I, I don't know if that makes sense at all or not, but. I think it does. I, so, so I, I guess what I'm saying is, is being a doer again is not so much this, I check off the list of, I go to church, I don't cuss. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't, you know, all these things that I'm not supposed to do, I, I, I think the right way, I vote the right way, and then I don't do all these other things that I'm not supposed to do. It's so much bigger than that, and <laughs> just encompasses every element of um, any human interaction that we have. It's about
0: motivations, right? And that, mm-hmm. again, is something you're, you see Jesus discussing and almost attacking in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard it said this, but I say this, right? You've heard it yeah, said not great to example. commit adultery, but I say anyone who's had a lustful thought about somebody else has committed adultery in their mind. You've heard it said don't commit murder, but anyone who's been angry with his brother, right? Like it's all about the motivations in the inner life. And if those motivations to go to church, to read your Bible, to pray, yeah, to not yeah. hear things are just to check things off a list so that you're good, Well, you're not hiding that motivation from God, right? You may be hiding it from other people, but God knows, and he's much more interested in your heart and why you're doing things Mm -hmm. more so than he is about what you're doing, right? That's why Jesus called out the Pharisees and called them Mm -hmm. whitewashed tombs. They were doing all the right things, but their motivations for it were self-serving and egotistical and uh, hypocritical, right? Right. They, they looked good on the outside, but they were dead inside. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's totally about your motivation and reason for why you're doing the things of the word. And that's incredibly important because God can see right to that motivation and right to that um, reasoning. hmm And he doesn't mess around with that, like, at all. Only mild, mildly terrifying. <laughs> yes very true all right well wow i'm good on this one man there's i'm good too writing down one last note for this show notes dave where can people find the show notes
1: oh my gosh masterclass <laughs> super slash masterclass slash 155
0: Oh, you nailed it. Give him a round of applause,
3: folks. <laughs> <sighs> Woohoo!
0: Huzzah. Good job. Yep. that's Or if you're listening somewhere on your phone or just, it's in, it's in your podcast app. They're there. They're, they're links. You can click on them. Do want to say thank you for listening. I feel like this was a pretty low-key episode energy-wise. I'm like <laughs> yeah. legit about to fall asleep.
3: And not because the
0: conversation wasn't invigorating, but it's just been a long couple of months yeah, and I didn't even mention I got a new boss yesterday at work. oh, interesting. my third boss in less than a year Wow oh my reorg after reorg after reorg it's it's fine my new boss is supposed to be super cool um, well good we, like we literally got moved to a new division my my team of three because they didn't know what to do with us. <laughs> and I'm not making that up. I, I have had that confirmed by the person who made the decision to move us. <laughs> wow. So that makes me feel good. But, yeah, anyways, that's why I've been so tired and out of it this episode. I just so much going on. But glad, glad to be here, glad to record, thankful for those that listen. And um, if you want to and are able to leave a review for the show on iTunes, that'd be great. It doesn't have to be a five-star review if you don't think it's a five-star show. An honest review is exactly what we want because if it's honest and it's a one-star, then that's going to help us learn. And if it's honest and a five-star, then I'll sleep well. Um, But anyways, that's that. And
2: I think until next time, uh, I'm going to say ta-ta.
3: Take care.